What's wrong with Desmond Ritter? Is he too robotic and needs to be more of a gunslinger? My guest weighs in on whether or not the Falcons need to start thinking about a quarterback change. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked on Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked on Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we thank each and every one of you that is an everydayer that checks out this podcast as your first listen or first watch each and every day. And of course, you know, if you don't know me, uh, I'm Aaron Freeman, right? Very humble host. Been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcons.com, RIP. RIP to Falcons on Twitter. I need to change the graphic and uh, get rid of that. Um, but we, we thank all of you guys. And so, you know, everybody who wants to become an everydayer, make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So I am, of course, joined by none other than Will McFadden, who is the humble host of the Believe in Falcons podcast, another illustrious guest, always joined or usually joined by a the most illustrious guest of Ovi Mahaley, former Falcons great fullback. Uh, but Will is here with us to talk about this unfortunate loss for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm sorry, Will, that you, you know, hopefully this is the worst time to talk, the first game the, the Falcons <laughs> will have this year. But, uh, you know, you... We're the unfortunate, you know, person who won, won the lottery or lost the lottery to have to talk about this Jaguars game. But how are you doing today, Will? So I actually I'm doing well. Thank you, Aaron. But you you just got my brain uh, turning here. Do you think this loss was worse than the Detroit loss? I think so. Because I don't know if I'm ready to like I I don't necessarily know if I believe that. I, I think they looked worse against Detroit in like both defensively and offensively. That's fair. That's fair. I think that's fair. I, I guess for me, I didn't give up on their ability to win the Lions game until like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And I think in this game, I was like, it's it's done. That's right? true. I, that that I, one I, was maybe like in in the realm of possibility for like that pick six when it happened, I think everybody was just kind of like, oh, okay, so this is how today's going to go. Cool. Like, got it. And so it was easier to then just say, well, yep, we saw this coming from the second quarter on. It was bad. Everybody was just in their feelings. Uh, but again, I, I think there were some bright spots in this game that I'm sure we'll touch on. But okay, that's fair. That's fair. I like where you started. Okay. So I, I appreciate the feedback and, and it'll cause me to actually spend more than 12 seconds thinking about some of the things I say on this podcast in the future. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Desmond Ritter. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm curious to pick your brain on what do you kind of think is going wrong with Desmond Ritter up to this point in the season? Or maybe if you want to make it specifically about this uh, Jaguars game or, you know, the last two games, what do you think is sort of wrong with Desmond Ritter? Yeah. Um, you know, 
first, I will I'll preface this by saying a lot of people should go check out on YouTube. Um, JT O'Sullivan has a channel called the QB School, where he pretty much does this deep dives into quarterback play around the league. He shows clips, he diagrams the plays, and he, as a former NFL quarterback for many, many years, knows exactly what he's talking about. And he did a really good breakdown on Desmond Ritter and just kind of the Falcons offense writ large against Detroit. So, you know, some of the the stuff that I will say here, I'm kind of copying from him and I'm doing a much worse job. So you should, you guys should just go check that out yourselves. It'll make you, you know, much smarter about kind of what to look for. Um, I, you know, the obvious thing is that he's just missing too many throws, too many of these throws that when you connect on them, they do their huge momentum swings in your favor. The Falcons outside of Bajan Robinson offensively, like really don't have any of those this year. Like there's not been, you you could say in the fourth quarter of the first two games, right? When, you know, uh, Desmond Ritter connects to uh, who was a Mac Hollins and then Kyle Pitts. Those were big, like end of game. Cool. Like, yeah, this thing is going in our favor. We're going to seal the game. The last two games, they've been missing those. The start, obviously, against Detroit with Kyle Pitts, the one that got him yelled at on the sidelines this uh, this past Sunday. So those are just kind of glaringly obvious. And it's not just the deep, deep shots. He's dirting balls that are like seven yard kind of curl routes. He's missing throws on the sideline. He's missing not by you know, the widest of margins. It's easy when you see it totally go over Drake London's head because he's huge. But just the difference between, is this a back shoulder throw? Is this a fitted into the window on the boundary? Is this uh, a leaping basketball catch that Drake London likes to make? Like, you can't even really get a read for what is it supposed to be here? So all of that is is very worrying, but that part's also correctable. I think the biggest concern for me is is Desmond Ritter seems as though he's kind of way too happy to to just check the ball down which I have advocated on on Believe in Falcons that he should take some of the free yardage when it's given to him but now the offense has only become these passes to the flat or you know a curl over the middle a slant that he got the interception on like kind of these middle tier, or you've got two guys who are just running a a deep route. And when those aren't there, it's kind of like, well, what do you do? So that's my transition into saying part of the problem is Desmond Ritter. But I think part of my problem too is for as creative and as much as I love the Falcons run designs, I've never really been the biggest fan of, of the passing scheme. You know, this is not the connected tissue like you see in San Francisco or in LA, like the run game and the pass game feel disjointed in a way this year that it didn't even last year, you know, like at least last year, you kind of saw them marrying very identical looking plays. And then you would have that kind of deep shot down the field to a Michael Pruitt, somebody you, you didn't even really realize would, would be in that position. And that's kind of the beauty of some of that trickery this year. It's almost too much trickery in terms of like who you're getting involved at the expense of your best players, you know, like Kyle Pitts and Drake London should not be utilized this infrequently. And that's another thing that I thought was going to be great with Desmond Ritter is we saw him just lock on to Drake London last year in his four starts. And I was kind of all for that. I was like, get the ball to Kyle Pitts, 
get the ball to Drake London, get the ball to Bijan Robinson. Now it feels like that's a coaching point because Marcus Mariota wasn't really doing it that much either, like going to his big name guys. So I don't know. It's it's scheme and it's player to me at this point. Okay. Um, you know, I know Arthur Smith and his presser on Monday after the Jaguars game talked a lot about the slow starts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think specifically against the Jaguars, I don't, you know, the slow start was an issue. Don't get me wrong. But I think probably w- the issue that most people had from that game was what happened in the second quarter uh, with some of the decision making that Desmond Ritter made. And that may be something that I'll talk about potentially tomorrow when I break down the all 22. But I do want to pick Will's brain on whether or not, you know, these struggles that Ritter has especially gone on these last two weeks, um, you know, leads him to think that the Falcons should be, you know, potentially looking to, you know, pull the plug on him and and make a quarterback change. And we'll get into all of that, guys, as we continue today's Locked On Falcons. Buying tickets to your favorite sports events shouldn't be stressful. And game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, theater, new you, with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guaranteed, GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees, and you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So continuing here with Will McFadden of the Believe in Falcons podcast. And uh, let's talk about the possibility of making a change at quarterback. Do you feel like the Falcons should make a change at quarterback and or should be on the verge of making a change at quarterback? No, not at at this point. You know, I what I think they should do is they should change kind of how they're asking this quarterback to operate. I think they need to change the offense with this quarterback in it. Right now, what they're doing, it's not working. That kind of speaks to, you know, what you said earlier about Arthur Smith saying he needs to get this thing kind of jump-started They've not found the right chemistry for the pieces they have in place. That doesn't necessarily mean they have the wrong pieces in place. I would like to see them just get a little bit more creative, like truly throw some stuff out there and and, and see what you can do with it um, before I'm ready to just totally pull the plug. Because I don't know if you if you move away from Desmond Ritter, I don't really know if you can go back to him. And you got to figure out one way or the other, what you've got in Desmond Ritter this season. And again, it's not like I, I know he's got moments that are that are horrible. He's also got moments where he rips like a third and 17 dig in like triple coverage with anticipation. And you're like, oh, OK, wow, that was great. Do that again. You know, and so you you do see it there like there does seem to be a leadership quality, whether or not that is as strong now as, as it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe remains to be seen, but I would like to see them tinker with the offense a little bit first, just try some, some different things. But what about you, Aaron? I mean, are you ready to see Taylor Heineke? 
No, not not particularly. Um, Taylor Heineke is a turnover machine. <laughs> it's basically what I'll say. That has been his mo as a NFL starter. And you know there are high there are highs with Taylor Heineke and there are lows with Taylor Heineke and you know it's a bit of a roller coaster. And I think right now for me, my biggest concern with Desmond Ritter is stop turning the ball over, and then we'll we can build up the rest if you can just not make the game changing mistakes. Like we'll figure out the rest right with time, right? Hopefully, but um, I don't think that problem goes away with Taylor Heineke. Like. I know in the two years that he was in Washington, he did not go more than one game. He n- he never had two back-to-back games where he didn't turn the ball over at least once. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he's got some gunslinger. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You know, and, and it's fine. Like, in we might get to a point in the season where you know the, the Falcons will need that spark, but I, I don't think they're quite there yet. Um, well, I mean but, that yeah. that is though one aspect because at the beginning of the year, right, we were all saying if if Desmond Ritter can just kind of be like a point and shoot quarterback in this offense, like just, just put the ball where they tell you to put the ball, then, then everything will work out. I kind of wish he was incorporating a little bit more gunslinger into his play. I kind of wish he was saying, Nope, that's not there. Got to go to plan B. Got to go to plan C. It feels very much like he's plan a to a fault because like, that's where the play is supposed to go at times. Okay. That's fair. Um, I don't know if I agree with you on that, but I certainly think for me, at least I could probably swallow the bad plays easier. If you get my drift, if you had more good plays, right. You know, it's like, again, the Mariota coaster than the (laughs) metaphor I used last year a lot, where it's just like you, you get the highs, you get the lows, you know, it's just, hopefully you get more highs and lows. And I think that's, Eventually, if, if if Taylor Heineke is the quarterback, then I think that's eventually what you're you're betting on, and, and maybe the Falcons yep. get that. But for me, I, I I just I'm at a point where I'm just like I don't want the lows anymore, and so I don't really worry <laughs> about the highs yet. I'll, I'll I'll worry about the highs once I stop getting the lows, and I, I think that that to me has been overwhelmingly my main issue watching Desmond Ritter. These these like every game, there's like two or three throws where it's just like, what are you doing, my guy? Like yeah. you're throwing the ball directly to the opposing team, and a lot of it has been stuff over the middle with like dropping linebackers and safeties mm-hmm. biting on throws. Cause he's staring it down. And that's been to me, especially problematic because so much of what Arthur Smith wants to do offensively is throw the ball over the middle and that's hurting. And then part of me thinks, well, you know, you can simplify and go to play action, but they just really have not been that effective running play action. Like that not was not at the- all. Yeah. With Mariota last year where it was like, well, yeah, he's he's OK because the Falcons are really good with all the play action stuff that they dial up. And even going back to the four stars last year with Desmond Ritter, their play action wasn't that productive last year. But you just figured, OK, well, he, he's still young. He'll figure it out. And now we're like eight games into it. And we just really have not seen the play action passing game get going at all with Desmond Ritter. And so I don't know if that's a solution because I really thought that was going to be the thing that sparked them against the lions. They tried it. It didn't really work. So, you know, eventually I think we're going to run out of uh, possible solutions, but I, I think we got a couple yeah. of more weeks before uh, we need to be like, well, we've exhausted all the possible variables. And now it's clearly the quarterback is the, the common denominator here and we have to make a change there, but we'll see how that goes. But in the meantime, we know that the Falcons defense 
is probably going to potentially keep them competitive in that amount of time. And so let's turn the attention from the negative with the Falcons team, uh, at least the feelings surrounding the quarterback, to some of the positives with the defense. And we'll get into that with Will McFadden here of Believe in Falcons as we wrap up today's Locked on Falcons. Snap into the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is a great place to bet on the NFL because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on an action. The app is safe, super easy to use, plus you get paid quickly. And there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. If you want to bet Bijan for off, Offensive player of the year or CJ Stroud, or you want to bet the Falcons in their upcoming matchup against the Houston Texans, where they are favored by one and a half points. Falcons haven't been great against the spread, but maybe you'll feel better about them at home. Or you can get in a last minute bid on this Monday night action between the Seahawks and Giants, where the Seahawks are favored by two and a half points. Whatever you want to do, just visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fanduel is an official partner of the NFL. So, of course, guys, I am here by joined by Will McFadden of Believe in Falcons. Check him out on Twitter at Will McFadden. And, uh, of course, we appreciate each and every one of you guys that makes this illustrious podcast your first listen. Shout out to all the everydayers out there that subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And, of course, if you subscribe on YouTube, please give us a like. You know, you will get the video version of the podcast the night before the audio drops. But, uh, you know, give us those five star ratings on your preferred podcast app as well. But. Talking with Will McFadden here, um, let's talk about the defense. And, you know, they were very good. I, I know you and Ovi talked quite a bit about that on your post-game reaction show. But uh, for those folks that didn't check out Believe in Falcons, you know, I'll give you the floor, Will, to talk about what you liked about the defensive performance in Jacksonville, what you like about the defensive performance so far this season, and what you potentially like about the defensive performance moving forward this season. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things when we were Ovi and I were talking before hitting record, we were like, we we have to spend I know we got to talk about Desmond Ritter. I know we got to talk about these slow starts, but like, we've got to spend some time on this defense because like, they're the best part about this team. And and they're a good part of this team, period. You know, there's no asterisk. There's no, you know, yeah, except they got to get this part cleaned up. Like, of course, you could say that the pass rush needs to be better and it and it does. But they're kind of making do without that pass rush. They're still limiting opponents, you know, from scoring, which ultimately at the end of the day matters. Sacks are a great way to get off the field. It's a much easier way to get off the field and may create a turnover in the process. But if you get off the field, then kind of you're doing your job and the Falcons are doing it kind of the hard way, but they're doing it. And I think they're doing it in a sustainable way. You know, they are, very good at taking away opposing teams passing games so far. You know, they face the Detroit Lions outside of that one busted play where Sam Laporta gets wide open. They kind of shut them down or at least held them in check. Same thing, a busted play to Calvin Ridley, but by and large, you kind of, I know Christian Kirk got his, but you held Trevor Lawrence in a pretty potent passing attack, largely in check. So the biggest thing to me that's like, really been impressive. And it's something that when you look at the offensive side of the ball, I would like to see them an off season where they do the same type of thing on the offense. It's all newcomers, man, for this defense, like the guys who are really, really, I feel like making these plays 
it's your David Onyemata's yesterday, Clayus Campbell, Cade Nellis, you know, against Detroit, Jesse Bates, like the player of the team so far. Uh, like I even think Jeff Okuda last, last week or on Sunday really played well in his first start back. You know, he, he had a couple of moments where he missed tackle or, or whatnot, but I thought he played confidently. I thought he looked smooth. He was pretty versatile. He kind of did all parts of his game pretty well. So that was a big standout. Like they're just getting production from all levels of the defense in a cohesive manner. And for that reason, like they've got a really, really big test this week, which I never, ever thought I would say. And I know we'll get into a little bit more, but it's, it's actually like a legitimate test for this defense. But I feel confidently with them heading into it, which again is not something I necessarily expected to be saying at this point in the year. Yeah, I think that's more than fair. Like, yeah, they, I think Houston can do some things that can certainly challenge this defense, and we'll see if they're up for the challenge. But um, I don't have the level of trepidation that, I've had in the past, obviously, and even earlier this season where I was like going into the Packers and and Lions and Jaguars mm-hmm. game to a certain extent being like, OK, well, the defense has been pretty solid so far, but do they come back down to earth this week? And, and maybe they do come back down to earth, but I don't think that is really a blemish on their record so far. So I, I agree 100 percent there with you, Will. And, you know, while I've said, you know, we need to get a little bit more out of the pass rush that has mostly to me at this point in time, like that is a January problem. Like I'll worry about that in January because I feel like the pass rush is going to need to be better if we're playing games in January. But we're right now we're so far away from worrying about playing games in January uh, that I'm more than content with what this defense and this pass rush has done so far this season. And I'm definitely looking forward to what Jeff Okuda can do um, now that he seems like he's getting back into shape. And I feel like, you know, that's going to be one piece of this defense that kind of unlocks potentially them to reach a different level. So I'm looking forward to what this defense can do, um, you know, over the next couple of weeks. And I think this Houston team is going to be a great challenge for them. And and based off of that, you know, as we look ahead a little bit to the Texans, and I'm sure will, you know, as the week unfolds, you'll probably be looking deeper and deeper at this matchup, but at least sort of your preliminary thoughts on sort of what aspect of this matchup are you looking forward to? Is it, you know, CJ Stroud against this Falcons defense. I mean, it absolutely. That's one of them. Uh, I also am very much looking forward to our rookie, John Robinson against a pretty bad run defense. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's aspects to watch on both sides um, of the ball. But, you know, one of the pieces that I write for the Falcolic is um, a look ahead at all of the remaining opponents on the Falcon schedule. And it's just kind of briefly touches on each one, but because the Texans have been the week five opponent, I've you know made it a point and they played Jacksonville and they've like, there's been some common opponents. I've seen a lot of Houston and the more that I watch them, the more I want to watch them because they're a really fun team and CJ Stroud, he and Anthony Richardson like are blowing me away as, as kind of rookie quarterbacks. I know Anthony Richardson had a, a rougher game this weekend, but I think they look pretty solid as as young quarterbacks which again makes you look at at what's going on here in Atlanta and say okay well how quickly should we be expecting this to to click and come along and that's going to be pretty stark contrast on Sunday or at least it could be so 
defensively, as much as I was just praising, you know, the Falcons, there's a real test again here for them. You've got Nico Collins, who is just like setting the league on fire so far this year. He had a huge game again last week. Tank Dell as a, a really electric rookie. They've got Robert Woods, who's kind of been forgotten about with those two guys. CJ Shroud is a very smooth rhythm passer who can attack all parts of the field not dissimilar to kind of what we just saw with Trevor Lawrence. Like they are not afraid to put it kind of anywhere on the field where they feel like they can. And, and Houston will attack you in a lot of ways. And then they still have Damian Pierce, who was awesome last year as a rookie. So this, when, you know, we said that this was going to be a big test for Atlanta's defense, it really will be. But then on the flip side, if Atlanta's defense can figure out some, you know, if there's a throw the kitchen sink light, game like this might be it defensively for Atlanta you do have a rookie quarterback but he's been playing well if if there's a time to really go into your bag of tricks if you're Ryan Nielsen if you're Jerry Gray and do some stuff where you can force some turnovers that is where I think Atlanta can play more of a ball control run dominant offensive game plan because Houston's run defense has been pretty iffy so far this year they've gotten some turnovers like they've been a pretty uh fortuitous unit, um, which has helped kind of feed into that offensive identity. But if, if the defense can lead the way and kind of, again, create some turnovers to fuel the offense, I do think the offense can wear down this defense and you'll start to see more of the 30 yard runs that we saw from Bajan in the second half against Jacksonville. I think you'll really see those kind of start to come up quickly. And then Tyler Algier and hopefully Cordero Patterson, and you start to see the, uh, the path to victory for Atlanta. Yeah. I think that's a, a really uh insightful analysis it's you know you should you should do a podcast about the falcons will wow do could i could i come on with you a little bit more (laughs) would you have me on i think i need a little practice um actually i want to you need to come on uh believe in falcons let's do you want to do after the texans you want to come on next week and we'll uh we'll we'll revisit this conversation and we'll uh we'll see you know how we did yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's going to be the key. I, I think I said it earlier on the Atlanta football party on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Well, no, I didn't say this on that. I wanted to say it on on that episode, but <laughs> no, I think I did say. It. Oh, it doesn't matter. I I, I, yeah, I talk so much that I don't remember when when <laughs> it I all runs it. together for me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think the difference, you know, this is interesting with the Texans in CJ Stroud versus the Panthers with Bryce young, where it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. Bryce Young's a rookie. And I think the Falcons, their game plan quickly in that game was like, we're not afraid of Bryce young. So we're going to sit back and if he can beat us great for him and, you know, but we don't think he can. And I don't think you're going to play that style against CJ Stroud. Cause he, I think he's shown more often than not going up against some pretty solid defenses like Jacksonville and especially Pittsburgh that he can beat you. Um, if you sit back and do that. So it'll be interesting to see what, you know, Ryan Nielsen cooks up this week uh, to try to throw a wrench in that. And and that will be probably something that will, will be discussed on, on this illustrious podcast as, as the week unfolds. Uh, but also I think you're right with the, the run game. And I think the Falcons are going to have to play the style of football against Texas, the Texans that if you rewind the clock several years, the teams used to play against the Falcons, which is we're going to, run the football, we're going to control the clock, and we're going to make sure that, you know, 
Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and all those guys are on the sideline and they can't hurt us if they're on the sideline. And I think that's going to be the Falcon strategy. And I think the Falcons running game should be able to do its part. The question is, will the, there's going to be some throws that the quarterback is going to have to make in order to sustain that type of offense. Um, and will he make those throws? So that that's going to be the big question this week. But I, I think that is the blueprint for the Falcons to get a much needed win at home later this week. And I'm sure will, you'll be talking about that all week long on believe in Falcons as well as the Falcoholic. So go ahead and plug, you know, what other things you, you may be bringing up in on those two mediums. Yeah. Well, uh, again, I, I am really excited and, and serious about this home and away. So I look forward to hosting you uh, next week for, uh, for our recap chat. Um, so be sure to check that out. Cause you all know and love Aaron and, and he does great work uh, on this platform as they well. They know me. They know me. I don't know if they love me, but they know me. <laughs> Uh, to know you is to love you, Aaron. Um, but yes, on the Falcon, like I've got bird's eye view that kind of look ahead um, will come out on Thursday. We'll have the uh, second ep- or uh, weekly episode of Believe in Falcons coming up on Thursday, trying to nail down a guest, um, a little behind the scenes podcast life. Looking looking for a, a guest. Here it is Monday. Need to, need to land one. So uh, TBD on that front and then got takeaways and stock up, stock down, which drops on uh, the falcolic.com today. So go check that out. And of course, you can follow me at Will McFadden on Twitter. Okay, that's it, guys. Appreciate you for tuning in. Always appreciate Will for joining us. And um, we'll be back tomorrow with an all 22 review here on this illustrious podcast and probably talk about the the, the slow start and the poor decisions that Desmond Ritter made. We'll talk maybe about some of the defensive stuff, other things. Maybe we'll talk maybe some solutions that maybe will help help jump start this offense. Uh, that's all potentially on the table for tomorrow's episode. 